Except in extreme cases, we don't blame our health on our thoughts. We look to the world around us. We might blame our diet, our environment, our job, or even our genetics, but rarely do we blame our consistent patterns of thought. Hello, and welcome to The Joy Within, where we're eliminating negativity one thought at a time. I'm Kyle Greenfield, and I'll be your guide as we explore how to be calm, confident, and happy in our crazy modern world. Join us each week as we dive into some of the biggest ideas in spirituality and personal development. We'll learn what it takes to gain control of your own mind, master your mood, and navigate the many ups and downs along the way. Visit thejoywithin.org to get started so you can become the calm, confident, and happy person you truly deserve to be. Hello, and welcome back to the Joy Within's podcast. Today, we're talking about the first of the five major costs of negativity. So we'll be diving into the physical costs, or as I like to say, the cost of crashing and burning. This category can take a variety of forms. So while I can't cover everything, hopefully the examples from today's episode will help you to pinpoint how these costs might be playing out for you. I think the biggest challenge that comes with identifying the physical cost of our thoughts is that this, more than any other of the five categories, we tend to think of as external. Except in extreme cases, we don't blame our health on our thoughts. We look to the world around us. We might blame our diet, our environment, our job, or even our genetics, but rarely do we blame our consistent patterns of thought. And yet these patterns of thought are the root cause of most of the ailments that we might face. So, to help crystallize this connection, I want to play out a couple of examples of the more extreme end of the spectrum, and then we can walk them back to the earlier, more minor stages. First, I want you to think about someone who is depressed. What image comes to mind? I always think of someone sitting on the couch, mindlessly watching TV and eating junk food for hours and hours on end. And honestly, I think of that because I've been there. But your image might be different. Other people might stop eating entirely, or they might start drinking more, or engage in other destructive behaviors, all of which can be equally unhealthy. But for today, we'll stick with the couch potato example. So think about what will happen if this hypothetical person doesn't recover, if he stays depressed for extended periods of time. He's depressed, which means he's sluggish, so he'll move less and won't be motivated to exercise. Plus, he's eating junk food, so he'll gain weight. Gradually, his body will start to feel worse, so he becomes even more tired and even more depressed, and it becomes a vicious cycle. Over time, if that pattern keeps up, he'll start to develop other health issues. He might have heart disease or diabetes or joint problems, but bit by bit, all of these different issues will begin to stack against him. And after a while, breaking out of that cycle starts to seem impossible. And this doesn't just happen with depression. It's a similar story for almost every negative pattern of thought. Take stress, for example. Stress can lead to overeating and weight gain, or it can lead to minor substance addictions, or to reactions that, on the surface, might even look healthy, like a lot of people try to exercise their way out of feeling stress. 
which in turn can lead to other addictive tendencies or obsessive-compulsive behavior, anxiety, panic attacks, migraines, gut issues, and so on and so forth. At the very least, these surface-level habits fail to deal with the root cause of the problem. So the stress doesn't go away. It builds, often beneath the surface, just below where you can see it, until it pushes you into total burnout. I actually experienced a pretty bad version of this myself back in 2012. I was running a company at the time that was not doing very well, and I'd go on these really long runs around San Francisco trying to get all of my energy out. And while that worked for a while, what I didn't know at the time was that I wasn't actually dealing with anything. The little voice in my head, the cause of my stress, just gradually got louder and louder until I basically just collapsed completely burned out. I lost pretty much everything, and I literally went and got on a boat headed to Mexico. That's how bad it was. But for most people, it's not that extreme. So the point is that whatever form it takes for you, ultimately, if you don't deal with the real cause, the underlying thoughts, the cycle will continue to get worse. Notice how I just said that. Your underlying thoughts are the real cause of the problem. The depression or stress and all those other related problems are just symptoms. A lot of people point to the external issues as the cause. They point to stress at work or depression from a breakup or a failure of some sort. But those events are just the triggers. The root cause is the way you think about those events. Again, this can take on a lot of different forms. But I hope these examples make it clear how negativity can spiral into truly horrible health consequences. Because here's the tricky part. Now that we've seen the extreme, we have to back this up and see how it applies to everyday life. Because chances are, you're not just staring at the TV popping Doritos into your mouth all day. Usually, by the time you get to that point, you know there's a problem. The real question is, how do we identify the pattern before it spirals out of control? How do we know when we have a problem before we really have a problem? Inner growth doesn't have to be difficult. You just need a plan. You need clear actions that you can take so that whatever life throws at you, you have the ability to respond from the highest version of yourself. When you join Happiness University, you'll get that plan. With clear insights, simple actions, and expert guidance to support you every step along the way. It's free to get started, so head over to thejoywithin.org, log in to Happiness University, and become the calm, confident, and happy person you truly deserve to be. To help you identify this for yourself, I'm going to suggest two different approaches you can use. First, I want you to think back to the last time you had a bad day. Maybe you were stressed or upset about something, or maybe you just felt a little bit down. So think back to that point and then ask, what did you do? Did you treat yourself to a little extra chocolate? Did you make comfort food instead of a healthy meal? Did you reach for a glass of wine? Or maybe you just felt tired. So you plopped down when you got home and skipped your workout. Or maybe your bad day made it harder for you to unwind, so when it was time to go to bed, you had trouble sleeping. 
try to think objectively and pinpoint your response. I want to be clear that there is nothing wrong with anything that I just listed. The point is to discover the connection between your emotional state, the fact that you had a bad day, and the action that you took in response to that. If you can establish that connection, you can start to play with it in your mind. You can extrapolate it out. What would happen if you did that every single day? The key here is to realize that most of the time, we don't think about how little actions and habits can compound over time. If, for example, you have a glass of wine whenever you have a tough day at work, on the surface, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with enjoying a glass of wine. But if the cause of wanting that glass is stress or depression or some other negative state, you have the seed of a potential problem. Because you're giving the decision, the power, over to your negative emotional state. You're giving your power to an automatic reaction based on events in the world, events that you cannot control. So over time, a bad day at work begins to equal wine. Your brain literally wires and rewires that connection, like weaving a thick, unbendable rope from a series of small threads. Pretty soon, any stress begins to equal wine. And the habit grows. You start having a little more, a little more often. And if you extrapolate that out, it leads to ill health or alcoholism. And again, it's not that the action in and of itself is bad or wrong. It's the connection between the negative emotional state and the automatic response that you have. That's what triggers the potential for long-term repercussions. That's what gets harder and harder to break the longer that you continue with it. Now, I know that this might sound extreme, and I'm not trying to scream that the sky is falling if you have a couple of bad habits. Everyone has a few negative tendencies. I'm drawing this out so, hopefully, the connection becomes crystal clear in your mind, long before you have any problem at all. Because only when you're clear on these connections will you have the power to make whatever choices are right for you. It's about making the unconscious reaction more conscious so that you can choose how you want to respond. The second approach to noticing these connections is to think about the positive intentions that you set for your health and what happens when you don't follow through on them. So maybe you want to exercise more or eat healthily or stop watching TV before bed so you can sleep better, whatever it is for you. On days when you don't do that, ask yourself, why not? And chances are, your first response is going to be something like, oh, well, I was tired, or I just didn't feel like it. But I really encourage you to probe a little deeper. Often, it comes down to a question of willpower and resilience, which, by the way, you have in limited supply. And you might not realize it, but all of those little negative thoughts that you have throughout the day chip away at that resilience even if the negativity is completely unrelated to whatever your positive intention was. You literally weaken your ability to create the better, healthier habit you want because of the negative thoughts you might not even notice that you're thinking. 
When I first learned about this, I was dumbfounded. I mean, think about that. The little thoughts that most of the time you don't pay attention to, thoughts that you might not even know that you have, can chemically alter your brain so you don't do or achieve the things that you want, even if those thoughts are completely unrelated to whatever it is that you want to do. It's mind-blowing. So complaining about the line at the supermarket can stop you from wanting to exercise. Listening to your coworker rant about her fight with her partner stops you from eating healthily. Worrying about your child's grades makes you binge-watch reality TV. These connections don't even seem like they make sense, but they are there, all because your negative thoughts wear down your willpower and your resilience. It's like all of those little negative thoughts are weights, and your brain can physically only lift so much. So by the time it rolls around for you to make a better, healthier choice for yourself, your brain is just exhausted. That's why you really have to pay attention to this. You have to be able to pick out these negative thoughts before they drag you down, before they push you into a negative spiral. Because if you can catch them early, you can train yourself to respond differently. You can not just take weight off the bar, so to speak, but you can also train your mind to become stronger so that it can handle more of whatever life throws at you. Because just as those little negative thoughts can create a vicious downward spiral, the reverse is also true. Small positive steps, tiny shifts in the way that you think and respond to the world, can quickly add up to create massive positive results in your life. That's how you kickstart a world in which you can become unstoppable. Because when you follow this path, when you make those small positive steps forward, peace, joy, and well-being become the foundation for everything that you experience in your life. Thanks for listening to today's episode. When you're ready to put these ideas to work in your own life, head over to thejoywithin.org and sign up for Happiness University. When you do, you'll have access to all of the tools and strategies you need to eliminate negative thoughts by tuning in to The Joy Within. You can follow a simple step-by-step system to become the calm, confident, and happy person you deserve to be. Visit thejoywithin.org to get started today. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share it with someone you love, because I think we can all use a little more joy in our crazy modern world.